Hi, my name is Josephine Monberg. I am the head of communication for the Global Industry and Value Advisory team at SAP. And I think tomorrow will be filled with humans who will want to make a big impact. Welcome everybody to the Live From Tomorrow podcast. Each week we weave together guest interviews with comedic segments to bring tomorrow vividly to life, offering a bold, humorous perspective on what's next across business, technology, politics, and entertainment. And I am here today recording this in the parking lot of a diner in uh, Crosswicks, New Jersey, which is apparently the halfway point between my house and the home of the man, the myth, the mensch, Mr. Pat Dreyfus. Pat gave me my first ever internship all the way back in high school, and while I didn't follow him into the insurance business, he did teach me everything I know about making a sale. The guy has a road dog, a legend. And so, of course, we're meeting at a diner. It's classic. Matt, over here. Here he is now. Pat Dreyfus. Who's got the keys to the candy store? Uh, what? Remember? Oh, say hi, Pat. I'm recording this for the podcast. They can hear you over the mask. Don't worry. Our listeners are starved for your wisdom. <laughs> Matty, my boy, I, I don't know. Pat, when you retired, I was so mad at myself for never taking the time to record all of your experiences, all your stories from the door-to-door sales years, you know? I would love to finally sit down and interview you. Most folks my age, young people early in their careers, could stand to learn a lot. Yeesh, are you really that young anymore? I thought millennials weren't, uh... Oh yeah, no, we're young. 30s is young. Early 30s is young. I'm young. Still. You know what, buddy? It might be better to do this over Zoom. I'm on my way up to Newark for a meeting. Hey, bravo, Pat. I didn't know you were working on anything. Yeah, well, I uh, I got bored hanging around the house last year. Made a few phone calls and a couple of offers came my way. The irony, of course, is that I got back out there just as everybody else started working from home. Let's definitely get you on the record then, man. Get this story of your second career going viral. <laughs> you are ahead of the curve yet again, my friend. I'll say. Pat is unstoppable. <laughs> Who forgot to unlock the bakery? That is I! The Muffin King. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I don't think we've met. Oh, right, Matt. This is Annabelle Harris, my fellow road warrior. Annabelle, this is Matt Hooper, an old mentee of mine. Matt? Matt, Matt? Wow, yeah. (laughs) I've heard a lot about you. Oh, you have? That's um, that's funny because, like, Pat's never mentioned you. (laughs) Matt wants to interview me for his Live From Tomorrow podcast. Thinks some of my anecdotes can go viral. Go viral? Why? Because this is 2011. <laughs> we need to get back on the turnpike. Uh, you're right. Lost track of time. It was great seeing you, Matt. Wait, you're leaving? Why did we meet at a diner in the middle of New Jersey if we aren't going to get the famous Pat Dreyfus BLT? We were just looking for a clean bathroom. You used to eat BLTs, Captain Pat? <laughs> well, I haven't always been working alongside so conscientious and convincing a vegetarian, Annabella Rooney. Oh, uh, that's cool. Nicknames. <clears throat> uh, Annabelle, how did you two meet? Pat came to speak at my class at Clemson last semester. Last semester? So you're... <laughs> oh, yeah. Duh. I should say back when I was an undergrad. But it feels like it's been a lot longer than five months. Undergrad was just... Five months ago for you. Wow. Can you believe it? Just when I think my time on the roads come to an end, I'm revitalized by a dose of Gen Z ingenuity. Mm. This is so funny, Pat. Look, Jim Tamor's texting from Maui. He's turned himself surfing into a GIF. Adorbs. Wait, Jim Tamor, the chairman of Big National Bank? Yeah, he's a client of ours. He's texting you GIFs? And emojis. Work doesn't have to be so uptight, Matt. 
oh, maybe I can ask him if he'd do your podcast. Because Pat said that Live From Tomorrow was a, a comedy show, and you, like, dance and sing songs about tech or something. S- sort of. It used to be a live variety show. Now it's a podcast. <clears throat> oh, that's a little cringy, bro. But a friend of mine went to high school with David Dobrik's cousin, if you'd like me to make an intro. What's your TikTok name? Yeah, all that sounds good. Oh, my God. Do you have a Finsta? I'm scrolling through now, and your profile is so corporate. Where do you put the funnier photos of you just letting loose? Annabelle's been telling me that it's not about posting the perfect photo or comment, Matt. It's about posting the most authentic photo or comment. Social's just a continuation of your life and work now. It's about presenting your chillest and most inclusive self. Okay. You two should really find some time to talk. Annabelle is basically goals at this point. I know you're a performer, and I know how hard it must be to not be on stage during the pandemic, but she's managed to find a way to communicate without so much stuff in the way. Uh, Not that performing is so much stuff, just that it feels artificial in a way that's in keeping with your millennial self-centered thing. Uh, Not your millennial self-centered thing, Matt, but generationally, you know? Like, we don't need to fake it so much anymore in the business world. Customers and clients want authenticity, not a whole song and dance. Sure. What? Oh, that reminds me. I'm receiving the Lifetime Achievement in Insurance during the quarterlies, that award show. And, uh, well, you know that I'm not so good at making speeches. I'll do it. Want me to punch it up with some jokes? I'm in, Pat. Uh, no, 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 no. Annabella Rooney's already writing it. But if you have any old photos that we might be able to use in a montage... Oh. Yeah, she suggested that I keep the speech short and offer something visually compelling. Good advice. Yeah, so you... You take advice now, not just give it. I I often wanted to give you advice in turn, but I was always too... Huh? I'm sorry, buddy. My phone's blowing up. Uh, Yeah, we should really get going, Captain Pat. The award ceremony is next spring. I was thinking of using that photo I took of you after your graduation. (laughs) That was a fun day, right? It'll say, Matt Hooper, old mentee. Yeah, that was a fun day. (sighs) It's a new world, Matt. If a guy my age can embrace the change, you can too. Who forgot to unlock the bakery? Why, tis I, the Muffin King. (laughs) (laughs) See you, Pat. See you, new mentee Annabelle. Embrace the change. I remember when I was your mentee, and so much was still unwritten. Yesterday's clothes But I don't recall When I changed Not once did I Lose sight of those Childhood dreams They say youth is wasted On the young But I humbly disagree Cause in you I can see the child in me. So, 
how does it feel, Mr. College graduate? Uh, it feels like when the waiter comes back, I want to order a famous Pat Dreyfus BLT. Come on, Mataroni. Who's got the keys to the candy store? <laughs> Why, tis I, the keeper of the candy. There you go. I knew you had to feel something. Couldn't just sit there stone-faced. You're entering the working world at the most exciting time to be alive. In a recession? In the early days of the 21st century, in Anno Domini 2010, with a certain special President Obama in the White House, huh? with a supercomputer in your pocket, and with the world more connected than ever before. I'd give anything to be starting my career right now. Pat, would you mind taking another picture of me? I need to update my LinkedIn profile. You millennials! Always selling yourselves. Any prospective employer is going to identify me by my online presence. I need to showcase my best self. You're wearing a suit right now, buddy. I've never seen you wear a suit in my life. That's why we should take the picture now. It's my best self that needs showcasing, not my most honest self. Okay, I, I just don't get it. When everybody became a brand in order to go to work. Look, maybe in 10 years, in 2020, I'll be the one who doesn't get it. But in the meantime, would you take the photo? Smile. I was born in 1988, which means that I fall right smack in the middle of the millennial generation. Until very recently, we were the youngest group in the workforce. This was, I think, our real competitive advantage. We were at ease with technology, having begun our careers as smartphones and ubiquitous Wi-Fi were ascendant. I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, you just heard the flashback. <laughs> but we're not total digital natives in the way the members of Gen Z are. Gen Z is now in the workforce too, and watching the way that this new generation works, it's got me thinking. Have I been too, I don't know, inauthentic, inhuman at work? In large corporations, there is always a bit of artifice in the way colleagues present to one another. Image plays a big role, and some people can become internal celebrities based on not just how they conduct themselves, but how they curate themselves. My generation is very good at that, creating an image to share on LinkedIn and Instagram and so on. But should this continue? How can we build a more human-centered corporate workplace, one that prioritizes honesty and authenticity instead of image? To find out, I did what we always do on this part of the show. I reached out to an expert. All right, everybody, I am very excited for my interview today with Josephine Monberg, the head of communication for global industry and value advisory team at SAP. Josephine, thank you so much for being with us here today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, you and I have known each other for a while in and around the realm of what has now sort of popularly become known as the uh, corporate innovation industry. Yes. Um, I, I sort of joke that like the first half of the decade, we all just call it startups. You know, like <laughs> how do corporates work with startups? I got to be involved with startups. Startups yeah. are cool. And now we're all very proper and we call it innovation. But to that end, you have spent a lot of your career thinking about a more human corporate workplace a more sort of humanity-focused human workplace. What to you is a more human workplace? What does a more human workplace mean in a corporate environment? A more human workplace to me means, you're going to be like, wow, that was that was deep. It means being more human. Because, okay, that here's... Is deep. That is, that's you're probably it. thinking like, I'm so happy I, I got her. Yeah, I'm so happy I got her on the, the podcast because, wow, she's saying so many insightful things already. Um, but... <laughs> But what I mean by that is what I what I have seen, at least from my career in corporate, sometimes this can happen, is that people 
tend to take on these corporate identities. Like they go from saying, okay, for example, if I take myself, I'm Josephine Monberg, you know, I believe I have a sense of humor. I uh, talk to people in a certain way. I have stuff that's unique about me, right? And then I get a corporate job and then suddenly it's like, I will transform myself and become the corporate version of myself, which um, doesn't joke as much and uh, doesn't, you know, use certain sentences or um, talk with the uniqueness that I think I have as a human when I'm outside of the corporate environment. And the other thing I'll, I'll add to that too is, you know, a lot of people talk so much about future of work and how they're so afraid that robots will take over and take steal all of our jobs. But what's interesting about that too is like, then why do we act more like robots when we're at work? You know, it, it's part, right. it, part of like being ourselves and, and actually making sure we have jobs is being human because that's what separates us from robots. And why do we try to act more robotic? Right. Why do we sublimate the humanity <laughs> in order to belong to kind of a homogenous corporate culture? Yeah, exactly. When you look at organizations, it's like they're made of, of, of people, right? Like, and the people that companies serve are other companies, but which are their customers, but they're also made up of people. So at the end of the day, it's people working with people. What you've made me think of is like this idea of internal celebrities, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Like these folks, while they might be doing very interesting work, are are really only kind of famous internally mm-hmm. or like they're, the, they're like the movie stars of that meeting. Exactly. Um, That's a good way of saying it. Yeah. What do you make of that culture? <laughs> How have you experienced it? And I guess, is it healthy? So I'll give you an example of something that it's super small. It's really small, but again, encouraging culture change, encouraging more authenticity. So the board president of SAP is, her name is Adair Fox Martin. And she is basically head of all sales for SAP, right? She's an SAP celebrity. Um, and what she has recently started doing is to send out, I think it's biweekly notes, where she talks about her week. Not like, and then I just close this deal and we're like awesome because this and that and Q3 and Q2 and no, about like actually like, then I did this with my son and my husband. And then what she does is that she ties it into something related to work culture and to SAP. And then she signs it personally. And it might sound like, you know, okay, what? So she writes a letter to people like, you know, congratulations, great culture change. Wow. But what I will say it does is that it allow again, it tells me that I can also be more chill. I think that it used to be a, just a couple of years ago, one of the big questions that was asked of all the folks in our generation, right? Sort of is, is this the next generation of uh, corporate life or uh, is this the last generation of corporate life? And I, I often wonder if it's just both, yeah. but then COVID hit. <laughs> and so I'd probably say I often wondered if it was both and then COVID hit. And now I, I, I'm really not sure. I do wonder um, if like this time last year, we were the generation that was both the end of something and the beginning of something else. Is that still happening? Mm. Is this still the beginning of something else? I don't, th- I think it's naive to think that the way we work now is going to continue. I mean, look at, uh, I was, it was funny cause I was at a dinner party yesterday with my, at my parents' place and I was sitting and talking to someone who turns 19 today, actually. Um, 
And, you know, we were happy, happy birthday. I, right. I, I was about to yeah. say happy birthday, uh, Julie. But we were talking about again, and she was like, I was like, so wait, when were you were you born? And she's like, 2000s or like the zeros. And I'm like, oh, wow, I feel I feel so old. And she's from Gen, I think you call it Gen Z or Gen, Gen Y. Z, yeah. yeah. And we're, yeah. we're millennials. Right. Mm-hmm. And we we're trying to compare what the differences between the two of our generations are. And then we were looking at my parents' generations as well. And one of the things that I kind of noted about are, and we talk so much about this today too, in all aspects of business, but our, our parents, it, when you went to work, it wasn't just so much about purpose, right? It wasn't about like, I need to, to, to feel like I'm making an impact. It was driven much more about like, I need to make money so that I can eat. I 100% think it's going to change. The question is how will it change? I think that one of the things that I'm seeing is that um, employees or f- the future workforce is starting to demand a lot more from employers, especially in very high-skilled roles, right? Because again, it's not enough that you, at least not for everyone, that you get paid a lot of money. It's like, but are you good with, uh, are you a sustainable business? Are you creating something that helps others? Will it give me purpose? Will I feel like I'm making an impact? And then a lot of people are actually willing to compromise on the, the salary and other perks in order to feel that fulfillment in their role. You can also create authentic communication externally. So the way that you talk to your customers and the market that you address in general I also think is important that that becomes more authentic because, again, the younger generation is demanding a lot more of um, authenticity and purpose and and all that. And you don't show that if you don't show the personality of your company as well. If the new era of work promises more authenticity, then I should admit I'm not quite prepared for it. If companies are required to show their, quote, personalities, I mean, maybe I'm proof that my generation is no longer the youngest in the workforce because I'm wondering what happened to work-life balance. Maybe I suffer from that naivete that Josephine talked about, believing that the way we work won't change. And so it's got me thinking, if a baby boomer and Gen Zer can embrace the future, why can't I? And let's say it's the very near future, just a few months from now, in the spring of 2021. Will folks like me who used social media sparingly to construct an image not to share their most authentic selves, be able to thrive? Surely there will be some vestiges of the modern corporate world with internal celebrities continuing to be celebrated. Welcome back to the Cortelays, the number one corporate awards show in North America, Europe, and the sunken parts of Antarctica. I'm Crisella Davideo. And I'm Hamachi Wicksmith. These have been trying times, have they not, Crusella? They have indeed, Abachi. COVID-19 has thrown the world of business for an absolute loop. Closing our offices, keeping us apart from our colleagues, and forcing us into a world of non-stop video conferencing. And then some. I spelled the wrong cue card, love. Oh, yes, I see. In fact, This very show was originally supposed to be hosted at the famous Chrysanthemum Theatre, a New York institution where Pizza Rat himself got married. And divorced. But like so much else nowadays, we must record a good deal of the ceremony remotely. And the rest of it in this small, 
socially distanced hotel lobby. And the winner is... It's still skipping too far ahead. Pop it just one card at a time. That's really messing me up, isn't it? Okay, righto. Who present our first award of the evening via Zoom? Please welcome a corporate leader who needs no introduction. So we won't provide one for him? No. We... No, we have to. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, Chief People Officer of Hugaboo Toys, Mr. Snuggly. <clears throat> Hello, uh, I'm Mr. Snuggly, and I'm the Chief People Officer of Hugaboo Toys. Now, goodness knows that the parameters of modern corporate life are changing. That as so many of us continue to work from home, as I am now, we also are shedding the formalities that we've built up for years. Pans down and sees that he's wearing pajama pants. Oh, oh, I, I get it. Yeah, the joke is that I'm in my pajamas. That's funny. That's funny. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shedding the formality. It's all about the authenticity. So that's why we're having an awards show. It makes perfect sense. I don't care what any Gen Zer says. There's Still a place for performance. How's it going, Matt? Did uh, Mr. Snuggly mess up his punchline? I'm merely a writer on this show, Lyle. It's not my place to smack talk any of the talent. Mr. Snuggly totally tanked it, didn't he? Hack. That's why I write my own stuff. Yeah, love me or hate me, it's my blood, sweat, and tears out on that stage. We're standing in a hotel garage right now. Yeah, but in a normal year, without COVID, if we were in the Chrysanthemum Theater, you mark my words, people would be saying, hot Damn, Lyle Living, CFO of Papyrus Panoply of Paper Products. He's the funniest exec west of 5th Avenue and east of 7th Avenue. So, 6th Avenue. They'll all say, you know what I heard? He wrote his own material at the quarterlies. I mean, am I Brett Garber yet? Sales lead at Altoona Software? No, of course not. I'm still developing my voice, and I don't have Brett's PowerPoint game. But frankly, I think people are tired of the gimmick. There's no shame in working with a writer, Lyle. In fact, there are a bunch of us in here already tonight. All you have to do is submit a few puns about water coolers and maintain your social distance, and they'll let you into the kitchen to follow along on the monitors and punch up jokes in real time. It's a pretty good deal in this economy. 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 Is that anything? People like that. Economy jokes, right? I'm... not sure. Matt, we have a crisis on our hands. What's going on, Bones? Felice, one of the dancing staplers, he's missing. What? What do you mean, missing? He's dressed as a giant stapler. How can he okay, be- Okay, okay, how's this? I got- this is funny, right? So the president today did a, you know, he made a, he made a mistake. He did a, you know, he made, in this economy, he did something, you know, he made a mistake. Lyle, I'm sorry, is that your joke? How will anyone understand what I'm trying to say about nuclear proliferation without the fourth dancing stapler? He's got a point, Matt. Satire does die without specificity. Bowens, Lyle, I'm just a writer. I haven't hosted or produced anything live since before the pandemic, and so I really don't think I can solve all your problems right now. Frankly, the only reason I'm here is because I'm extremely jealous of my old mentor's new Gen Z best friend who wrote his big acceptance speech tonight and who mocks my entire being by virtue of seeming so perpetually nonchalant and focused on authenticity. Hey, Matt. Hi, Annabelle. It's so chill to see you. Selfie, please. <laughs> With no filter, of course, Billie Eilish. Uh, yeah, well, um, Pat's Lifetime Achievement Award is coming up. Figured I'd come back here with my fellow writers and watch it on the monitor. Oh, right, of course, because you wrote Pat's speech. Co-wrote. Credit is a fool's errand. I read that in a Jaden Smith tweet misattributed to Dumbledore. Well, yeah, you can totally hang back here. Uh, it's, it's, it's laid back. We're barely even paying attention to the awards at this point, which are like legit ridic emblems of late capitalist destruction. Oh, crap. I'm on next. 
right after the In Memoriam segment. And now, we pay tribute to those programs and customs we lost this past business year. The waterfall model of software development. The very last fax machine in the office of a Fortune 50 company. Shaking hands. Matt, I'm going to sing out there tonight with or without a dancing stapler. Okay, I don't, and he's gone. How's this? It's the economy, stupid. <laughs> That's a thing, right? What? I- I'm gonna go work on that. Work on what? I don't understand. You get so stressed out, dude. Relax. It's just a couple jokes at an awards show. Here, this'll make you laugh. Look, one of my clients just got a puppy. This is work, Annabelle. People care about this stuff. That's why they bother to nominate their colleagues and organize all of it in the first place. I can't just text pictures of puppies in a professional... <clears throat> I mean, I guess it's also a little basic, maybe? But, like, still, it would be chill if it all went smoothly. Bet. Are you okay, Matt? You seem to get awfully nervous around me. You make me think of my death. What? Matt. Not now, Lyle. Uh, there's been a slip-up in the schedule, buddy. Jamie Dimon and Jeff Bezos were going to perform a lip-sync version of WAP, but, uh, but someone on each of their teams remembered shame. So we need to fill five minutes. Excuse me? Yeah, yeah, and I've been told that the next speaker is asking specifically for you. The next? Uh, okay. It's, it's been a long time since I performed for my usual corporate crowd. Just, just give me a second, okay? Can I help at all? No, don't be ridiculous, Annabelle. I'm not looking for more Snapchat followers and the chance to drag someone's name in the mud for being a neoliberal. I need to do something that actually matters, okay? I'm... I'm sorry. That was... No, I get it. You think you know me, and you have made up your mind accordingly. It's just, Pat takes your advice. He never took mine. You think that performing is silly, that everything I do is inauthentic or something? It's only about authenticity with you or however you define that. Have I I ever actually said any of those things? Well, no. Listen, Matt, if I've offended you somehow, then I'm sorry. But there's no need to be, I don't know, jealous of my relationship with Pat. Jealous? I'm not jealous. I just hate that he spends so much time mentoring you and not me. That's not jealous. That's jealous. (laughs) See? And if you wanted a relationship where Pat took your advice as often as you took his, maybe you can send fewer OK Boomer vibes in his direction. Show him some affection instead. But I was his mentee. It's not supposed to be... I mean, I'm not... You're not what? I'm not ready to be old. And I guess being around you and seeing Pat as, like, more than a font of advice, as someone who can also take advice... It's very adult. Yes. And you're not the new kid in the workforce anymore. No. Well, guess what? Yeah. Thank you for sharing your honesty with me. Re- really? <laughs> yeah. It was authentic. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Ah, there he is now. Pat? Am I? Oh, no. Am I interrupting your speech? No, no. Don't be silly. I asked for you to come on stage because you are a real-world example of the power of the mentor relationship. I... I am? Of course! Folks, listen closely, and I'm talking to all ten of you now, socially distancing in this lobby. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, everybody watching from home, I've known Matt for 15 years, since he was in high school. And with every passing year, he gets older and wiser. A lot wiser than me, that's for sure. And when I look back on my career, which I've been doing a lot lately in light of the honor that you've all bestowed upon me, well, 
it becomes clear to me that relationships are what matter the most in your life and work. Oh, Pat, you're, you're too kind, man. But I'm not, I mean, I'm still figuring it out. You remain uncynical. You remain curious. And I, well, as soon as I was confronted with someone ambitious just a little bit younger than me, I panicked. I want to be authentic. I want to, like, send emojis at work and stuff, but I worry I won't be able to adapt. Hey, Matt, you appreciate my advice, don't you? Absolutely, and I know what you're going to say. If a guy your age can embrace the change, then why can't I? No. No? No, I was going to say calm the hell down. And hey, I know you'd like to give me some advice in turn, wouldn't you? I, well, maybe you should sing for us, Pat. Maybe I should. Who's got the keys to the candy store? <laughs> Why, tis I, the keeper of the candy. Though the distance long may you run On trails you must place in two roads To give direction to those who come after me Along God With another Pat Dreyfus really is a legend, isn't he, Annabelle? That he is. And you're not so bad yourself, Matt. No, not like him. I definitely have some catching up to do. But you'll get there soon. Pat's, what, like five years older than you? Ha ha. (laughs) Excuse me, you two. I wasn't able to sing tonight with any of the dancing staplers, so I'm going in for a duet. Go get him, Bowens. I sleep well. By your lamp alive, knowing those who carry our flame will guard it well through the night. Once again, heed my words, the time will pass. For long, you will be my age. Right now, tomorrow seems awful bright from this Go the distance, long may you run. On trails you must blaze into roads. To give direction to those who come after we. Well, that 
concludes this year's edition of the Quarterlies. Thank you for being with us. Good night, everybody. And welcome to the Quarterlies, the number one corporate award show in North America, Europe and the sunken... Now you're going backwards with the cue cards, puppet. Oh, right you are. Perhaps the corporate world will become much more authentic in the years to come. I'd like to think so. Placing an emphasis on what makes us human allows us to overcome so many hurdles, the least of which are generational. This is a show where we try to glance over the horizon and figure out tomorrow. And a tomorrow that prizes authenticity within the hallowed halls of a corporation is one that inspires a great deal of optimism in me. It shows that tomorrow is not decided yet, and anything is still possible. Josephine Monberg, it is now time to ask you the uh, the question that we end every episode with, that we ask our, our guest at the end of each episode. What are two tips you have for tomorrow? I'm going to say something that is so ridiculously cliche, but I would say, I would say be yourself. <laughs> it's like, but in, in, in the sense of bring, please into your work, bring the parts of that make you, you make you unique and ensure that you share those with others as long maintain your, your, you know, still be professional, but share those with others and then give corporate world a positive spin. All right, folks, that's our show. I want to thank our guest, Josephine Monberg, our incredible cast, Max Azulay, Mark Levy, Kelly Quinn, Anne Veal, and Matthew Walters-Bowens. Original score by Ben Easton. The original song in this episode is called A New Revolution, written by Mark Levy, performed by Mark Levy and Matthew Walters-Bowens, with accompaniment provided by Jim Bloom and mixed by Trevor Brown. I am your writer and host, Matt Hooper, and I will catch you all next time here on Live from Tomorrow. Thanks, folks.